you're welcome to Mountain Springs Church Podcast, a podcast that brings you life-giving teachings and sermons from our church leadership. We hope that as you listen, you will be blessed and edified in your walk with Jesus Christ. And now, stay tuned as we bring you the teaching for today. Hello, this is Fideli Sodobo. This is part three of our teaching on religion versus relationship. I'm continuing on these, and this will probably be the end of this series. But today I want to read from Luke chapter 18. We're going to start from verse 9. Now I'm reading from here because of what I'm going to talk about today. Now Jesus was talking about a story here. He says, To some who trusted in their own righteousness and viewed others with contempt, he also told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, swindlers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithe of all that I acquire. But the tax collector stood at a distance, unwilling even to lift up his eyes to heaven. Instead, he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Wow, this story actually reminds me of how some people think that their way of doing things, or rather their actions, their performances, are actually what makes them right in the face of God. Now, this Pharisee was a perfect example of people who do this as part of their religious obligations. That's how they feel that God is happy with them. And this man came with that same attitude. He says, look, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men. First of all, he's already comparing himself like the other men. He's so perfect in his own eyes. He's so pure in his own eyes. He does everything right and other people are stupid. He is the perfect God's candidate for heaven, while others are heading towards hell. That's the kind of attitude that actually follow those who pride themselves in what they do rather than who they are in Christ. Now he says, I'm not like other men, swindlers. He called them names, swindlers. In other words, I'm not a swindler, they are swindlers. I'm not an evildoer, they are evildoers. I'm not an adulterer, they are an adulterers. And even like this tax collector, he actually pointed at the tax collector and says, well, even like this tax collector, I'm not like him. Now, in the days of Jesus, tax collectors are seen as people who are traitors. They are helping the Romans to collect tax from the Jews. Now, what they do is that if the Romans ask them to collect a tax of about $1,000, they go to the Jews and say, well, 
you are asked to you know pay a tax of $1,200 and they are forced to pay those taxes and when they collect those taxes they remit $1,000 to the Romans and then $200 for them so those guys were seen as traitors they were never trusted in fact any tax collector hardly have a friend that really likes him because they are just not part of the society that people can trust. They are dubious, they are corrupt, they never tell the truth, they say one thing here and then they lie to another person. It's just the way they live. So they, are, they have a reputation for one of those scoundrels who extorts the people that are meant to pay taxes to Caesar. Now, he actually now right now comparing himself with this man. He said, look, I'm not like this tax collector. I'm better than him. I, I, I mean, I, I fast twice a week. I pay tithe of all that I acquire. So I'm not like this man. I'm really good. I'm perfect. These are the things that I do that makes me right in the eyes of God. Now, does that remind you of what I talked about in our last episodes? That when you think that your actions are what are the things that guarantee God's response to you, you are religious and you are missing out in a very big picture of what grace is all about. That's exactly what this man is getting himself into. You know, he's a Pharisee. The Pharisee are people who, you know, they have studied the law. So everything they do, it's all an expression of what the law says. They, they put so much burden on the people to make them do things. They are just one of, you know, a perfect example of religious people who existed in the times of Jesus. Now, this was one of them. And he actually unleashed everything that he has in his heart. Lord, I'm a good man. Lord, I have done so much in this life. Lord, I have given everything. He says, I gave my tithe of every amount of money I earn. You know, he has actually placed his performance above everything that Jesus did on the cross. You know, let me touch on this a little bit. I know people talked about the fact that, well, when you give, God will bless you. But what I'm actually trying to explain today, or to explain concerning religious versus relationship, is that God never does anything to you because of what you have done. God is not the taskmaster that rewards you because you have done excellently well. Now, if that's God, the entire creation would have been damned because no, no, no one of us have done everything right. Nobody has done everything perfectly right on the face of this earth. There's only one man who is made perfect or who is perfect, who did everything right. And that man is Jesus. He's just one who walked on the face of the earth. I would say he's the only human being who did everything right. Every other human being that have lived on the face of this earth have, I mean, have done right things, but not everyone has done everything right. Abraham did right things before God, but he floundered in many ways. He lied against, his, he lied against God, you know, lied about his wife, and said his wife is his sister. That's the man who walks with God. 
Noah was drunk and, you know, left himself naked. The story goes on that God related with these people and did what he wants, he wants to do in their lives. Now, these are the people who lived even before the cross. But for those of us who are living on the other side of the cross, on the side of redemption, the side when the blood of Jesus has appeased for every sin of humanity, on the side when God's, God's move on the earth has gone forth through Jesus Christ and he has paid the price that will rescue humanity from the jaws of death into life. Now, we live in a very, you know, in a dispensation where we have no reason, no reason to say God hasn't done anything. So when we are, when we are taught that we must live, in, you know, in a certain ways, we must do things in this life just to make God happy, we have missed the mark. That's the stitching on religion versus relationship he's talking about. That Christianity never promises that we will earn things from God because we did everything right. Rather, he promised that we, as we, have, we have earned everything from God because of what Jesus did. And let me continue reading from verse 13. It says, But the tax collector stood at a distance, unwilling even to lift up his eyes to heaven. He did not even consider himself worthy to look up to heaven. Instead, he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man rather than the Pharisee went home justified. Went home justified. Why? He recognized that his righteousness or his position with God has nothing to do with what he can do. He did not see himself as his savior. Rather, he knows that he has a savior and he acknowledged his savior by saying, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Now, that's really what this life is all about. When we talk about Christianity as a life of acknowledging who we are in Christ. First of all, we acknowledge the fact that we were a sinner and we need salvation. And we accepted Jesus Christ into our lives. And then we start this new life of walking with God. Now, Paul said, you know, just as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him, rooted and grounded in him. Now, how did we receive Jesus Christ into our lives? It's by faith. Now, how are we expected to live this life? It's by faith. Scripture says the just shall live by faith. It's by faith that we are called to live. We are called into a life of faith and not a life of works. It's a life of faith, constantly trusting God for everything that we need in this life. Trusting God to lead a good life here on the earth, not by our own strength, not by our intelligence, not by our influence, but by the power of God. Just trusting in God's power in our lives to help us to lead a life that He 
has called us into. That's what Christianity is about. Christianity is about just walking by faith, trusting God every inch of the way, and creating the environment or just opening your life up to God and allowing God to walk in you and through you. That's what Christianity is all about. Does that mean you're going to get everything right? Certainly not. We're going to, you know, we fall and we get up again. We fall and we get up again. God is not the taskmaster that gives up on us. You know, he is the one that has come to lead us so that we can live this life here on the earth. And when Jesus was leaving the, uh, the disciples, he said to them, Look, I'm going away, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you without an helper. That I will send the Holy Spirit who will be your comforter. And that word comforter there in the Greek is the word paracletos. It means he will be your paraclete. He will be your strength. He will be your guide. He will be your, your teacher. He will be your standby. He will be everything you need him to be for you in this life. He is there to help you to live a life that God, to live the life that God has put on the inside of you. That's why the Holy Spirit is there. God knows that with our own strength, we can do nothing. With our own power, we will go nowhere. By our own intelligence, we are just being proud. And the Bible says that God humbles the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And that was what Jesus actually ended up here with this story. He says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humble. Everyone who exalts himself will be humble. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You know what I got out of this? Is that we, we, we exalt ourselves when we think that we are the one that makes ourselves right. We exalt ourselves above what Jesus did on the cross. We are saying that what Jesus did is not enough. I must do certain rules. I must, I must obey certain regulations and certain rules to make God move in my life. If God must answer my prayers, then I must, you know, fast for 30 days and 30 nights. If I don't fast for 30 days and 30 nights, God is not going to answer my prayers. Those sort of religious, you know, duties that we put in front of us, it's a way of, you know, exalting our pride before God. We are saying that, God, I know you did something for me, but that's not enough. I'm smart. I can do it. I can live a perfect life. I can live without, without doing anything that is wrong in your sight. I'm saying that no man has come to that point that he is perfectly right. We are still walking. We are still a work in progress with God. And, God's, and God knows that. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, He says that God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows our, limit, our limitations. He knows how far we can go. He knows our strength. And He knows that, look, He knows every man's weaknesses. He knows how far you can go. There is no way you can corner yourself. The Bible says, look, don't, He says, don't deceive yourself and don't, don't deceive God. He says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he will reap. Now, if, you, if this is what you are sowing into your life, that you can do it by yourself, 
you can make it happen you're missing the mark or rather we are missing the mark that when we humble ourselves and say God I cannot live this life by my own strength God I cannot I cannot do it all alone help me help me to live a life that is pleasing to you help me and as I walk in my daily affairs or in my daily life God I'm trusting you to help me to lead a good life that's exactly how to go about it now good life does not necessarily mean you do everything good it does mean that you are living as much as the Holy Spirit empowers you to walk in a life of faith just trust God for everything that you really want to see in your life now let me read this same verse from a different translation it puts it in a whole different light entirely let me see a different translation here again from the message translation i'm going to read from verse just read the whole verse he says and jesus told his next story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and looked down their noses at the common people that's as such an explicit way to put it let me take it again he told his next story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and looked down at their noses at the common people and then he began to say two men went up to the temple to pray one a pharisee and the other a tax man the Pharisee posed and prayed like this, O oh God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid, like these taxmen. I fast twice a week, I tithe on all my income. Meanwhile, the taxman slumped in the shadows, in his sorry, in the shadows, his face in his hands not daring to look up he said god give mercy forgive me a sinner jesus commented this taxman not the other went home made right with god if you walk around with your nose in the air you are going to end up flat on your face but if you are content to be simply yourself you will become more than yourself what a better way to put it so you see that our life of walking with God is based on a life of faith not a life of works so religion is not God's way of saving humanity well, let, me, let me phrase that again God has not placed his salvation in religion for humanity to be saved. It is not in religion. It is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not a religious figure like he is known to, like they have branded him in history. Jesus is the way, is the truth, and the life. He is not a religious figure. He is the life that we now have. 
he told his disciples, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. That is who he is to us. He has come to give us light. In John chapter 1 verse 1, he says, in him was life. And this life was the light of men. He says, the light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Wow, this is exactly what Jesus really wants us to, to understand or to really recalibrate our minds, our mindsets and begin to see him as a model, someone who has come to model for us the life of God here on the earth. In fact, the life, the word Zoe, God's own, God's own life. That's what we have today. And in living that life, we have a Holy Spirit who is there to guide us who is there to lead us into all truth and to help us in times of weaknesses is our strength, is our standby because God knows that by our own strength we can do nothing. He knows that we cannot do it on our own. That was why Jesus came. You know, that was why he, he, he brought the Holy Spirit for us so that we can accomplish here on the earth just trusting God and doing life with Him, we can accomplish something. We can accomplish God's own way of life here on the earth. He has come to show His way of life. In Peter, he says that we have become, you know, that life. Who, who, who will show the world the wisdom of God? We have become those people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, you know, who are called to show forth the praises of God, you know, that has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Through us, he will show forth, he will show to the world his, his manifold wisdom. He will show to the world his ways of life, that this is who he is. You know, when Jesus came, he says, I am the, you know, I am the expression of God. When you see me, you have seen the Father. You know, he was the direct expression of the Godhead. But he didn't stop there. He brought us into that union with him so that we will continue to be, you know, the expression of who God is here on the earth. Paul, you know, mentioned it as the ambassador of heaven. That's, who we, that's what, we are, what we are called to be, you know. And how do we reflect this? By just being ourselves. By being who Christ has made us to be. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are righteous not by works, but by nature. By nature we are considered righteous. Paul uses the word, he says, that we are made righteous. We did not obtain righteousness. Sorry, we did not attain righteousness we obtained it from god it is not an achievement it is a blessing from god it is not a reward it is a gift from god wow i believe i'm, I'm able to convince or rather not convince but just to to help you switch your mindset from thinking that christianity is all a life of regulations and do's and don'ts and and that's why people are never really satisfied. They don't even believe that they are saved. 
because they have been, they've been so bamboozled by all kinds of religious calisthenics. Most of them have come to the point where they are tired. They are, they've even given up trying because they, they know themselves that they can never really get to that point where they are perfect in everything. That people have told them that that's the way, you know, to salvation. That's the way God will bless you when you do everything right, when you are perfect in all your ways. That I'm saying that Christianity is way more than that. Christianity is trusting God to lead a perfect life here on the earth. Because perfection is not human's strength. It's not something that any human being can attain. The Bible says that we have been made perfect in our spirits. So that perfection that is in us was as a result of the finished work of Christ. It was gifted to us through the Spirit of God. And we have to recognize that we are righteous before God because He made us righteous. He made us righteous in Christ Jesus. He put His nature in us so that we can become righteous before Him. I'm going to stop here tonight. But thank you for listening to this podcast. And I pray that you will see the true light of the gospel. That the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to us that believe. That our lives, it's not, I mean, our lives are not, it's not a product of what we have done. It is the product of what Jesus did on the cross. And we are just blessed that we can live this life here on the earth simply by receiving salvation. Simply by saying, Jesus, come into my life and make me one of yours. Now, when we pray that prayer, we enter into a new relationship with God. We enter into a new life where we live a life that only God can help us to live. And I pray that you pray that prayer to the end today that Jesus Christ will come into your life and, and save you from all the torments of having to do everything to get it right. Just save you from that, from that bondage and release you into freedom where all you do is trust Him and he will help you to live a life that is pleasing to him. God bless you. I hope to see you again next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope you were blessed and are refreshed as you listened. If you're considering supporting Mountain Springs Church in any way by giving, prayers, or being a part of our launch team, please contact us at info at mountainspringschurch.ca or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at mountainspringschurchca. Thank you for listening today and God bless you.